This is Cambridge Judge Business School's online knowledge centre with expert commentary, analysis and insights into the issues of the day. Six months ago, Japan was plunged into economic uncertainty in the wake of the devastating earthquake and tsunami. Thousands of people died, nuclear power stations were destroyed, and Japan's famed industrial production was crippled. Many suggested the country would be brought to its knees with predictions that the disruption would last until at least the end of the year and longer. However, Japan's recovery is accelerating at remarkable speed. Despite the calls for rethinking of global supply chains, month after month the country's industrial production has continued to rise, especially in the automotive sector. This phenomenal resurgence, it's argued, is down to Japan's unusual brand of cooperative capitalism. But before he explained exactly what that means, Cambridge Judge Business School's Dr George Olcott, who is currently in Tokyo, offered this view on the country's recovery. The speed of recovery has indeed, particularly in the manufacturing sector, been remarkably fast. Um, that is not to say that all of Japan's problems are, are over by any means. The strong yen, lack of domestic consumption are still holding things back. But certainly the recovery from the earthquake and the subsequent tsunami and the nuclear disaster has been very, very fast. The scale of the disaster in March this year was far greater than the disaster following the earthquake in uh, Osaka, Kobe area, in 1995. That was uh, obviously a very strong earthquake, but what separated the March disaster was the subsequent tsunami and the nuclear disaster, which both had profound impact on the economy. I would also say that from the economic perspective, the, the landscape um, is considerably different compared with 16 years ago, in the sense that competition uh, is much more intense. Uh, the likes of Korea and China were not around uh, in the same way uh, in 1995 as they are now. I would also say that the level of technology is much higher now than it was in 1995, and that is particularly uh, relevant for the automotive and electronic sectors where the uh, damage caused by the Renesas uh, microprocessor uh, semiconductor plant uh, had a very, very severe impact on the supply chain this time, which would not have had that sort of impact uh, in 1995. And the globalization of the supply chain is also uh, in a much more advanced state uh, than it was, say, f uh, 16 years ago. So the scale of the disaster this time was much greater, had a much more profound impact and when the dust had sort of initially settled following March the 11th, I think most people thought that it was going to take uh, a very, very long time, may maybe to the end of the year, before recovery took place. Let's turn to that unusual phrase, cooperative capitalism. What is it, and would it work elsewhere? Cooperative capitalism has been a particularly relevant factor in enabling the supply chain to recover so quickly. Cooperative capitalism, I suppose, refers to the, the old idea of the, uh, the tight supply chain in Japan, um, the industrial groupings that exist, the vertical hierarchies uh, between the assemblers and the manufacturers and their relative suppliers underpinned by cross-shareholdings. But I think it's probably a little bit more than that. And it's the idea that companies can take a much broader, longer-term, holistic view of who their customers are, um, who their 
their suppliers are, and who their competitors are. And it means that in a situation that we had in, in March and April, they are instinctively willing to cooperate, uh, even with competitors, in order to get a, a very, very disastrous situation resolved by pouring huge resources in, their own resources, to help, to help uh, third parties. It's interesting that uh, you say they're prepared to work with competitors because by its very nature, that is quite unusual, isn't it? Yes, and I think, I think um, it's, you know, the motivation to do so is very difficult to understand from a, a Western market-based perspective. But the thinking uh, long-term, thinking of the community of the, as a whole, and, and there is, a, a, I think, a, a, a very strong residue of, of the community uh, firm uh, still in existence uh, in Japan. Uh, it's, it's, it's this idea that the community is not just your own community, but um, uh, there are obligations and so on built up over a very long period to other communities, and it's that willingness to, to pitch in and help other communities, even if they are competitors, which um, marks out uh, this, this kind of capitalism from others. In the wake of the disaster, there were calls for global supply chain to be overhauled, indeed to be totally recreated, with component manufacturing outsourced to suppliers who were geographically closer, at least, to the motor manufacturers. Now, you're not a supply chain specialist, but you'll have a view as a, a member of the University of Tokyo's Centre for Advanced Science and Technology. It's ironic, isn't it, that the motor industry sector has regrouped and is performing at a higher level than expected? Yes, especially given where we were uh, at um, the end of March or, say, in April. The recovery in the automotive sector has been um, extremely rapid, and we saw uh, most of the motor manufacturers revising up their um, earnings forecasts and sales forecasts for this fiscal year. I think... It is precisely this issue of, uh, of the supply chain, whether it is going to uh, be reformed or not, that was being debated so, so much in, in, in that period. My own view is that uh, Japan will not, Jap Japanese motor manufacturers and uh, electronics companies will not uh, alter their fundamental thinking about how the supply chain is structured. They derive considerable competitive advantage from tight supply chains also from highly differentiated products, uh, which um, cause indeed huge risks uh, in situations that we've seen. But I think, and I think they will uh, fundamentally rethink some of the aspects of how the supply chain is, is designed to make it more robust, but they will not uh, abandon just-in-time uh, um, inventory uh, strategies, for example. It's interesting that you make that point because there's been criticism that Japan's manufacturing systems failed to adjust to the macroeconomic demands of the last few years. But the system has proved to be resilient, hasn't it? It is resilient, uh, and this recent situation has shown how resilient it is. Unfortunately for Japan, uh, the advantages uh, to, that accrue to the system through this cooperative capitalism is also one of the issues which holds it back. The closed nature of uh, Japanese companies, supply chains, has, has really been a barrier to uh, enable Japanese companies to adjust to the challenges of globalization. And I think Japanese companies have to be much more open in their approach to global competition. They have to take a much more dynamic approach to the rise of China and uh, Korea if they're going to succeed. Um, and that means opening up the organization, um, which may mean uh, long-term losing some of the benefits of, um, the, the, of cooperative capitalism that we saw uh, in action 
in, uh, in the recovery that we've seen this year. From your position purely as an observer, is that the principal lesson to be learned? And could it be applied in crisis situations or crisis areas elsewhere? I do think that the lessons from Japan's recovery uh, in the last uh, five to six months has strong applicability. On the one hand, there are areas uh, of cooperative capitalism which, will make, which are very difficult for Western firms to, to emulate. And I think that instinctive uh, reaction to, con- to reconsider competitors as friends uh, w- is not uh, so easy for a, for a Western company to, to emulate. But in constructing uh, business continuity plans uh, for Western companies, I think that rethinking who your competitors are, uh, rethinking the role of competitors, and potentially using competitors in the BCP um, plans for your future, having them come on board in case they have problems, I think uh, that kind of thing has uh, tremendous potential for for uh, situations of this kind uh, where tragedy and disaster strikes so suddenly. It could happen anywhere. Could Japan, do you feel, have done anything differently? Were they fully prepared, or can you ever be fully prepared for something of this nature? Clearly, you cannot fully prepare for an event of this magnitude. However, I think the time that it took for uh, the supply chain to get back to normal as fast as it would appear uh, should have been a lot faster. I think one of the principal problems was the inability of uh, the assemblers, for example, to see beyond the uh, primary suppliers. Under the primary suppliers, there were hundreds of key uh, secondary and tertiary suppliers who were completely invisible. And I think Japanese manufacturing companies have got to get a grip, and they are getting a grip, of of the entire supply chain, increasing its visibility to the core center. So for things like that, Japan has has learned a lot. And I think even if such a disaster were to occur in the future, they have to turn those months of delay into mere weeks, two to three weeks, I think is the maximum they would uh, want to see a delay, even in this kind of disastrous situation. Dr. George Alcott, thank you very much. This programme was produced by the Cambridge Judge Business School as part of its online broadcast series. Thank you.